0: Welcome to Help from Future Self. Hey,
1: welcome to the show, Arcons. This is another episode of Help from Future Self. It's the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. My name is Scuzzy Gruen, also known as Alex, and I am joined this week by my good pal. It's my coach, Boulevard Paperfight.
0: Hey, what's going on, man?
1: Not too much. What's going on, Blake? And a brand new guest to the podcast here to talk with us about his favorite house in all of Keyforge. We've got. Vampire Polite Talk, also known as Jordan. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thanks, Cousy. Yeah, yeah. My uh, near end, I'm known as Vampire Polite Talk. I hate long walks on the beach and I love Mars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of people out there who are very keen to hear about that. Uh, with that said, you are here to talk to us about House Mars, who I think a lot of ways early on in the game were one of the most divisive houses in all of KeyForge, A lot of people hated them and a lot of people loved them. And there was a lot of, I think, sort of arguments going around uh, that sort of held water. But I'm very curious for your thoughts on Mars as a person who is both dedicated to it and also as a person who has seen them through since the beginning of the game. So uh, getting started that way, Jordan, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history with KeyForge?
2: Um yeah yeah so a lot of people might know me as the guy who protested with the bring back Mars sign at the Collinsville <laughs> Vault tour uh so this is my first time speaking in public after that and I still believe that bring back <laughs> Mars it must happen um probably one of the things I most strongly believe in and if that's all you know about me I'll also say that I was a video game tester for a number of years and my other hobby in life is kind of fixing and restoring old eighties arcade machines like Pac-Mans and stuff. But, uh, yeah, dude, before the crucible tracker was sunsetted in the last week, I had the record for the most plays with hypno beam, combat pheromone, swap widget, zookeeper, gromid, and Biomatrix backup, which that, that lineup is kind of describes me and my play style and the kind of stuff in Mars that, um, certainly appeals to me. Um, I feel like compared to a lot of the other house identity, uh, identities in KeyForge, Mars felt a lot like Blue Magic in Magic: The mm-hmm. Gathering, but with less of a concern on winning. What do you think? All of right,
1: that? W- why don't you explain what you mean by that? Because I'm not a huge Magic player. I know Blake has played some. I've played a little bit, like many years ago. But why don't you sort of give us sort of your your explain sure. that metaphor for us or sure. kind of a
2: uh, on the color spectrum for magic they're a little trickier um, so I started playing keyforge in January 2019 my first deck was Eva the justice sire of God willow um, it kind of set me up for what I kind of fell in love with Mars over the next year which was it was a Ethernet or ether spider deck with Armageddon cloak and had all kinds of like really janky tools um, for a beginner to start with like double Biomatrix backup And um, I don't think I was alone uh, when in in that my early experiences with Mars were that I didn't really understand how the deck played. And it took me two to three months to figure out, oh, this deck is trying to be an enchantment deck. Or this deck is trying to work the way Blue frequently works in Magic the Gathering, which is another card game where in that game you uh, will use very hyper focused and strategic plays over more brash things like a brabnar or a shadows play interesting interesting, but...
1: interesting. Blake I, does that I, resonate I, with you
2: yeah I can I can see it yeah i
0: was I didn't like playing um blue and magic that much like that that was maybe like it was great and I understood the utility of it but it's not what I was drawn to especially that sure. side of it um but that's that's very interesting I, I like the the analogy. And did you, like, I have a question for you, like, based on what you just said. Aside from sealed tournaments, do you ever play a deck that doesn't contain Mars?
2: (laughs) So, uh, I will say that um, the farthest that I've gotten in the kind of competitive world is with a non-Mars deck. I have a really awesome Double Horseman deck that has Brovnar discs, and it's very heavy on the control with um, Double Horseman, but... Just because, you know, it's kind of like Logotarian Luke you had on here uh, an episode or two ago, or just because he's uh, really, really known for that one house doesn't necessarily mean that you can't uh, go behind the curtain and play some of the other houses to to learn their strategies. Um, So to me, to me, like the jank and the fragility of Mars is the faction's kind of like strongest attribute. Um, And it's really hard for me to talk about Mars without talking about, like I was just talking about Magic Gathering, um, which is a game that I played before Key Forge. I loved it. I played with a group of coworkers. We played a lot of different formats, like Standard, Commander, Popper. We played uh, Noble. The one that I liked the most was this really weird one called Type 4, where you have kind of unlimited ma- um, mana or unlimited land resources while you're playing. Not oh, That's like interesting. Key Forge. Yep. Um, but I ha- ended up taking a break uh, from the game for a few years, and I can only speak for myself, but I ended up finding the player base uh, in Magic to be a little... Uh, so toxic is kind of a heavy word, but I think about it. Yeah. You know, thing when I say, when I talk about like toxic behavior, I mean, things like being quick to disparage your opponent or yourself while you're playing, or con- we've all seen people concede after a single power play. or like, well, I can't possibly finish this game out. Or um, sometimes uh, I would see people playing these like really heavy disruption magic decks, but then they got turned around. It wasn't really fair play on their side of things. Um, and to me, the biggest sin in that community was the uh, certain players were really quick to tell you what makes a good deck and what makes a good card. And for me, KeyForge has never been a game that's about optimization. So if you go back and you rewatch that Vault Warrior announcement from September of 2020, uh, one of my favorite moments is Richard Garfield himself. I feel like he kind of nails it when he says, I love being able to play a game and play a deck And not have somebody say, well, why the hell are you playing with that card? That's a garbage card. (laughs) And I feel like we all know that dude down at our game store.
1: (laughs) I don't know, because I like it maybe. Um, Now, here's an interesting aspect of that. Because... You are both a person who I think came to Key Forge and found it to be very refreshing because, by and large, the community is is lacking a lot of those problems that we see in Magic and perhaps some of the other popular trading card games. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. uh, honestly, trading card games, golly, how old am I? Um, other CGs. Yeah. Um, But uh, also at the same time, I think we saw, especially early on, a lot of people didn't get Mars as a house and felt that it was not functional. And when it was functional was often because it could sort of evolve these big power play combos so how did you find the balance of that when you started discovering what you liked about mars what's different about the way mars works with those big combos or sure. you know in the decks where it's a little less optimized than it would be in say another card game do you think
2: i think it's a play style thing because um so like what we we're just talking about there with richard garfield and the kind of the uh this is somebody Criticizing the efficiency of one deck versus another, one card versus another, there that that's why it's hard. Is that person is not wrong, and the pursuit and analysis of the game is just as fun as playing it. I think we all know that we're all spending mm. way more time thinking about Keyforge, in addition to playing a lot of Keyforge. Yeah. But Mars taps into something a lot more primordial and obtuse, like this, like human mm. factor of these like hard, uh, computated swings, like Shatterstorm or EMP Blast or Psychic Network, um, and like because I don't know that I feel like that is very hard to uh, if you you either get it or you don't. And I've always felt like a strong connection with those green dudes um, aesthetically and thematically. And uh, 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 I live for cards like containment field and hypno beam. And the fact that Mars rubs against the grain of a lot of salty folks out there who would prefer to have (laughs) a highly thought through and complex deck. Uh, Maybe, you know, Maybe it's somebody that, you know, they're, they're, they're extremely intelligent and they're approaching this game like an object-oriented programming language. That's just an entire bonus for Mars in my book. <laughs> so
1: it sort like of that disrupts that kind of thinking.
2: Sure. And that's, um, uh, man, that, that in Call of the Archons, we saw that a lot. What, what do you guys think about, about that set and uh, some of the disruption cards that Mars had in the first set?
0: For me, I I honestly have a couple really cool decks. The the problem I think that happened in in Mars in the first set is there are a lot of cards that you have that you may not get value out of. They they're very situational. Mm. And I think that became an issue where I think in AOA there was less situational Mars cards. Like the evolution in that, like for example, sample collection. If you get that early, um and you draw I- into it. Yeah. It's it's not gonna help you that much. Same thing sometimes if you get a phosphorus stars at the wrong time. Like that card with the chains, I feel like the, the chains were an unnecessary addition to that card to a degree.
2: Right. So, it's one of the big puzzles of Keyforge is why does phosphorus stars uh, stun yeah. my own dudes? And I feel like um maybe it's just me, but I I, I feel like we we're missing something with how in the game might have play tested at first, and maybe Mars had to be dialed back a little bit.
0: That could be true, because I mean, I mean, there's a lot of things, like there's a lot of really cool cards in Mars. Like, I'm I'm a huge fan of Megamouth and John Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the ability, the ability to like do some cool things going back and forth with that is is really awesome. Like, I have a like, it's funny that you mentioned a Horseman deck is one of my favorite Mars decks is a horseman deck and it's, and it's also, um, dis sanctum and Mars and it has remials as well as mega mm. And there's this weird combo. I can go with like a dominator bobble and then daisy chain into one another, which is, which is really fun. And it's the Mars in that deck that actually is what makes that deck good. It's not, it's not the other things. Right? Like, the Horseman mega- deck is like a bonus.
2: And Megamouth is a great example of that. If we're talking about call of the archons, I feel like, now, looking back a year later, we can see that a lot of those cards were early prototypes of a playstyle that has now sort of evolved into Star Alliance and a little mm-hmm. bit, um, with the dinosaurs that you guys talked about the last episode. Like Megamouth is, uh, what was he? Is he uh, Tom Officer Kirby kind of? Grabber uh, Jammer? No, he's, he's like Commander
0: Chan, he's, yeah, Commander yeah. Chan,
2: of course. Sorry, how could I forget about Commander Chan? He rocks, <laughs> um, and then Grabber Jammer is kind of like an early uh, version of. Eddie four by four, if you will. And we all know that sometimes going and listening to the early rough punk rock cut of your favorite band is more fun than their Polish studio <laughs> album a few years mm-hmm. later.
1: Yeah, that's actually a really good metaphor. Um, especially to where I find looking um, at the card set for Coda in preparation for this episode like, it's very hard for me to imagine a time when people looked at Mars and were just like, this sucks, because the changed thinking about Mars I, or, and the mm-hmm. way that the game plays, I think, is really, like, synergistic. Um, I think that CODA shows an evolution of the game that wasn't widespread at the time that it first came out. Um The way that Mars plays in Coda, if you get a good Mars deck, is much more similar to the way that Keyforge plays today in the Worlds Collide meta than it did with any other style of deck in the Coda era. The interdependency of the cards and the fact that, yeah, there's some bombs, right? Like, there's definitely Mm -hmm. some big cards that you can drop, uh, but so much of the way that Mars plays, especially in Coda era, is there's this interdependence. You get the most value out of your cards by having other Mars cards that help it. It's all that that cooperation, that working together, right? So, like John Smith is cool. John Smith, if you've got a squawker, that's even better. John Smith and a squawker and a Eulix the Zookeeper, that's amazing. All of those followed up by yeah, like a throw total a crystal recall hive
2: in there yeah. at the end. Double your it's amber, like you know. And this is the kind of stuff that I feel like a lot of. You're 100% right, and I think a lot of Mars decks have aged like wine, and that we go back, we play them, and we're like, man, this deck is kind of challenging to win with, but when I do win with it, I have a stupid amount of amber. <laughs> or, uh, I mean, you talked about the Zookeeper right there. Uh, the Mars abduction mechanic is still pretty awesome in my experience Mm -hmm. uh hypno beam zookeeper there's not a lot of answers for disrupting by putting someone's stuff in your archive there's stuff like the sania and some cards out there that address it but i think zookeeper is a lockout with john smith uh that hasn't really been talked about as much as say the nature's call witch of the eye nonsense that's out there
1: i'm also very into the fact that uh in coda you got to see some of the earliest like big crazy holy cow how did this person win the game that fast combos (laughs) we're thinking about things like battle fleet into key abduction um we're talking about things like hypnotic command and martians make bad allies that could allow you these big crazy bursts into key abductions and things like that like those were all there on the total recall yeah total recall it's a great one i love that one so it had those going for it as well um i think oftentimes people's poor opinion of mars was mostly based around the fact that they had a mars deck that didn't have the best cards and the best combinations so even though they might have had something really cool like an ether spider which to my mind is still like one of those must kill threats it's hard to get a hold of if you can protect it it can be such a pain for people to deal with but maybe it's like oh i've got uh an ether spider and then the rest of my mars creatures are like oh i've got um a radiated amber
0: and uh You don't have a dominator
2: to put right next to the spider or something, or you have like
0: two ammonia clouds, but all your creatures are three or lower. Exactly, so Mars. I love that.
2: Yeah, that is that is Mars
1: is out here. I've got three sample collections,
2: (laughs) yeah. And that's what I was talking about with the kind of like the optimization of like there's so many, it it is kind of the the thing that makes keyforge different in that way, no, and that there's so many other games out there where you could hyper hone your deck and understand what the purpose of everything. And there's just some Mars decks out there that are like, uh, I mean, speed sigil. If you're not looking for a speed sigil with Mars, I, I guarantee you, you will have some fun playing a Mars deck that has speed sigil in it. And I think that shadows is a great complement to Mars, uh, for the sigils and evasion sigil is Another great example of, um, one of the weaknesses of Mars and Coda was that they got knocked down easy. Right. Mm hmm. And, uh, if you didn't have uh, a way to protect them, you could, it was, it was, you were hard pressed to pull off some of the cooler stuff that Mars and quota can do. Um, Drumble plus Biomatrix backup or, uh, brainstem antenna, uh, throw that on your toxin. Brainstem antenna is a really cool upgrade. There's combat pheromones, crystal Hive basically can double up out of house, all of the Amber that your board state can produce. Um, Battlefleet, you touched on Battlefleet is so good. Do you guys have like a really strong Battlefleet deck? I feel like I'm still chasing that a year later.
0: I'm actually right now kind of going through my decks because when I played Shadow Worlds, I went against someone uh from Italy who had this like double battle key abduction deck with library access and a couple phase shifts. Mm. And and he did the cr- like literally the craziest play I've experienced in Key Borge, <laughs> and this was round one. Um, what happened to this? And this was Triad, where he went through his whole deck, so many times that he, I thought he was going to rule of six, like like a lot of things in his deck because he kept library axing into the battle fleets and just going over, so he had no discard. Like he controlled the weak to me twice in one turn using phase shifts, and that while using being in logos. Basically, wow. I'm really into looking for these library access phase shifts battle fleet decks right now. It's, and I and I have a bunch of them. Like i I'm really into the battle fleet uh, right now decks, and so. I'm kind of looking for like a total recall battle fleet deck. And I have a bunch of them. So I'm kind of right now, like as of today, I was I started doing this since we were gonna talk about this, is just going through my collection and uh seeing which ones kind of stick. And I'm like even thinking of things like um, Library of the Damned and, and Battle Fleet. So you have ways to archive things, or like if you have Vezimas as well. Like I think Vezima Think Drone, by the way, is an extremely underrated oh, card, yeah. especially with what exists today. Like the I ability like the, to just yeah. archive your creatures that have playabilities and stuff. Like I feel, I feel like people forget about that.
2: Think about Dust Pixie. You could play a Dust Pixie out and archive it and use it again in a future turn, right? Like you can archive mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And- or you could play Zizix the many, and before you, you know, if maybe you have a Nature's Call, Dust Pixie combo. We're, we're here to talk about Mars. Everyone knows how to play Dust Pixie <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Nature's Call. <laughs> but my the point is that Mars has sweet archiving. It's got sweet rush with Mars Makes Bad Allies and Crystal Hive. Grabber Jammer and Jammer Pack did kind of unique things that weren't really matched in uh, Coda and other houses. I think one of my favorite plays you, you were talking about. Um, uh, uh battle fleet is emp blast. Can we talk about how Mm. good that card is? Oh man. Yeah.
1: Absolutely fantastic control over a lot of factors that oftentimes deck lack control over.
2: Uh EMP blast did seem a little out of place in the first set in terms of like how to best use it, but I think we've seen more and more artifacts be slowly introduced into the metagame in terms of how people are playing and uh I, one of my favorite things is to play with a deck that has Strange Gizmo and EMP Blast. So I can throw down a Strange Gizmo maybe with a few other artifacts, you know, really put my opponent on a play where they are rethinking which key creatures they want to play or don't want to play. Meanwhile, I can throw out my best stuff, which is always Mars because Mars rocks, and then <laughs> play EMP Blast to, to, to clear the board and kind of like surprise them.
1: Speaking of of sort of Battlefleet, it's a card that was not reprinted in AOA when they brought uh, Mars back in that Mm -hmm. set. However, it was replaced by what is an incredible card that enables some of the most degenerate combos in all of Keyforge, but that also requires a great deal of skill to understand how to play correctly. I'm, of course, talking about Martian Generosity. I got to ask, Jordan, are you a Martian Generosity guy?
2: So that's a pretty powerful combo when I talk about Mars swings so hard in the, the direction of winning when things do come down. Uh, so that that combo is awesome. I think the I, I think the the downside of it that I will say is that it was very early identified as an awesome combo right around the time AoA was shaking loose for a lot of people watching to see what KeyForge was going to become with the second set. So a lot of the best Martian generosity key abduction decks got definitely got scooped up. Uh, in terms of like I have over like 200 Mars decks, I have one Ooh. Martian generosity key abduction deck that they're to me, they're hard to find, but uh, I, I understand the appeal of them because it's just so fun to pull your whole deck. Am I right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on sort of the evolution from CODA to AOA for Mars?
2: I'll say that with the uh, AOA, um, there were a lot more cards that punched up. And what I mean by that is, I think we all had that experience in the first two quarters of Keyforge where we got destroyed by a, a really awesome Shadows Disc deck. And maybe there's Logos in there. Maybe there's Brobnar in there. Um, but Mars didn't really have a good whiplash effect to take control of the board state even remotely. And cards like Flaxum Spike and uh, Carpet Phloxum are actually awesome because it rewards the person who is playing Mars early in the game and things are not going in their direction. Um, I think the archiving was a lot stronger in AOA. That just seems really like, a I, I don't know. I, you're going to need that archiving because I think some of the best reprints in Age of Ascension, Mars, the, the, those decisions were really well made in terms of Zookeeper, Dominator, Mind Warper, Mother Gun, those were some of my favorite things to play in set one. I don't know about you guys, but it's happy to see all those creatures come back. Some of the newer ones were a little more challenging to play. Proliferator, I think, is a very, very powerful card that's yes, worth talking about.
0: Definitely. And destroy them all.
2: Yeah. The first the first
0: and only upgrade destruction that exists in the game.
2: Man, I wonder when a some really game changing upgrades gonna come out that that's gonna become more valuable. And I think that's one of the fun things about Mars is seeing how it's evolved since we started playing the game. Uh stunning every creature on the board is pretty useful these days with all the dinosaurs running around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that, that's the one thing I'd say the
0: theme of mm-hmm. Mars and AOA is it was really heavy on the stun. And I think like I mean that I feel like that's the theme of AOA is like they really push the stun aspect hard between logos and then you have also like the Mars, like so many, I think there's three different <laughs> cards than <in> Mars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you have the artifact and I think two creatures that do it. So yeah. and, and now when you're playing against like some of the dinosaurs and Star Alliance, you're like, you're like, wow, I actually kind of want to revisit these decks and bring this AOA side to this Worlds Collide meta because if you have the ability to keep reaping with this with a card over and over again, especially Star Alliance. It's so deadly to you. But if you make it so they're stunned, so it takes a turn to then recalibrate again, I think it's it's incredibly powerful. Well I would said.
1: definitely agree with you on that one. I also have to give a little love to my favorite AOA Mars card. It's not the most powerful card, but it is one that I get so much value out of it. in My favorite Mars deck, Nizik Resonator.
0: Oh yes, where
1: increases key cost due to his neighbors. He's a must <laughs> deal with threat, but there's lots of ways to protect him because it's the set that has exhum in it. You can cheat him out of your uh, discard back hey, onto hey, the table. Hey,
2: wall, Dominator. Exactly. He's always the, got a yeah, way to drop the Boutram,
0: some line bowtrims to make it plus two power, and then you get an abon oh. so it's like plus two power plus has an extra armor. So it's now what a uh, a four two armor.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it is just one of those things where uh, he, he, he has so much flavor and I really enjoy playing him in the set. Jordan, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned that you have some extremely funky and unexpected Mars combos. I'd love to hear a little bit about that.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, let's see here. I think Ring of Invisibility and Ether Ether Spider is awesome. Uh, you t- we're talking about Mega Mouth, earlier, Blake, I would definitely say if there's anybody listening to this, to watch for inspiration with Mega Mouth in the same deck. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to also say Feeding Pit with Arise uh, is great. You can filter through your deck a little bit and pull back, say, a bunch of Tourette's. Um, In Age of Ascension, uh, uh, one of my favorite decks is uh, called the Fan Bat, the Brain of Helium. And it's one of only... (laughs) Uh, I think 13... It, so there's only 232 decks in the API that have three proliferators and one hypnobeam. And this deck has three proliferators and two hypnobeams. So it just plays Whoa. this completely different game of Keyforge where uh, you, we were talking about these really, really strong Saurian creatures or other non-Mars threats out there that you could just pull back hypno beam over and over and just take someone's entire battle line i think phloxam spike and total recall needs to be watched for in term also total recall and glorious Few. that's a two-turn play but that could be seriously awesome these days with the amount of board states that people are rocking um i also think that uh killzord is like a, a, I never really pulled a good killzord deck that was one of those cards that i really was like when the art got spoiled for AOA, I got very, very excited. And then I saw what the card did and it was a little bit of a a letdown, but I've uh, since seen some pretty awesome stuff and some great targets for Killzord, including Duskwitch. Like that's the kind of weird stuff that you don't, really notice the first time you're playing somebody and looking at their Archon card and trying to figure out what kind of wacky doodle nonsense their Martian lineup is going to be pulling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I, I have like my very first AOA deck that I ever opened had, um, it has the Dusk Witch Sky Booster Squadron combo. Nice. So turn one, you play Dusk Witch so they don't deal with it. Then you drop Sky Booster Squadron, and you basically get to reap for, for, uh, for rule of six. With that one which is a lot of fun as well as whatever other mars stuff you have so like i mean it's like you said it's a it's a double combo but i like that one it's, it's like a little quirky combo that you know it's not like super op but it, when you get to pull it off it's really fun and your opponent just goes oh damn like what just happened
2: absolutely absolutely and i think that that's the kind of like if you grab 10 different Keyforge players right now and ask them what their favorite mars deck was and what it does you're gonna get a lot of interesting and different stuff and that's why I, it's so great to see creativity in the game in a way that didn't really exist in disc back in the in the in the, in the day. Like I, I you, you saw Tourette a lot, but I haven't really seen um, uh, the Think Drone, that Elder uh, thing that can art uh, that that uh, can exile Archive or Gromid. Uh, like I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about my favorite card in the entire game is Gromid, partially because of the kind of like. Um, kind contradictive like he's a bad card right like he's a big big monster that comes down you can't play creatures after him i think there's so much fun to be had in the constraints that keyforge has in terms of stuff like uh pit uh pit lord or uh like gromit is really great with swap widget and pawn sacrifice and a lot of other targets so i think that there's opportunities to discover new stuff in the house mars every single time you play something it doesn't have to be a martian generosity key abduction deck to necessarily compete
1: all right so let me ask you this when not if but when they bring mars back is there anything you would like to
2: see yes well i think that um okay so uh keeping mars weird is the most important thing i can't if you're listening ffg do not make mars more homogenous and tight make them more wacky doodle i'd like to see more recursion comes to mind uh i really like the decks from quota i have uh, have that have a rise in them and i think that so back me up on this how awesome would a set with mars and star alliance together be like oh, it's definitely. pretty wild yeah right like just- that, that's kind of the
0: wavelength I, I'm on with when I want to see Mars come back. Is I want to be able to see you do like what Starlines does because Starlines showed us the first time where you can call one house for the entire game because they have ways of like cycling <laughs> your yeah. hand. I want to see that with Mars, like make Mars have that, but have it at like the expense of itself or something or other houses. You know what I mean? They're like a selfish house. So right. you have to sack a creature you have in order to play a mars creature or something like that or purge other cards from your hand in order to to do an effect so it's like you can keep calling mars and then you're thinning out your hand so that allows you to cycle but you're only calling mars over and over again i want to see something like that that
2: that seems like that would fit man and i and i think that god there's just so much to unpack with mars i thank you guys for having me on the episode to talk mars because i feel like you could do an entire series on just (laughs) <laughs> the the weird stuff that you can pull off with Mars in this game. I I I think that um, mech suits and are a way to power up those little green uh, or gray dudes. Uh, the, yeah, uh, just some uh, like something like explore Rover, but on a much more powerful level. And maybe it destroys the uh, if, if if the upgrade gets destroyed, maybe it destroys the Martian inside of it. Um, something to make them a little bit more substantial against today's modern decks that have dinosaurs and sink them. You know what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm. I 100% do. We cannot finish an episode of Help from Future Self without the titular segment. This one is called... Help, help from, future, from future, self.
2: future Self. All right, here's my very quick Mars-based takeaway and help from Future Self for you. clicklicks Plague Master. That is a card that I predict right now will see increased value with the return of Sanctum and with more humans between Star Alliance and Sanctum. He's a three-power martian scientist he's got an ability that says fight reap deal three damage to each human creature this damage cannot be prevented by armor take a look at your decks you might have floating in the backlog that have the plague master not just because he can take down some sanctum dudes but also because he's super relevant with all the weird dark stuff going on right now with covid <laughs> um and the, oh, the man. common cold floating around so uh, yes the plague master that is my my help from future self
1: thank you so much I like Jordan it. it's been a blast having you on the show would love to have you on again sometime in the future to talk about maybe another topic that isn't Mars but maybe Mars again who's to say you can of course find us on patreon at patreon.com slash podcast you can find us on Twitter under the same handle you can find me as scuzzy Gruen on Instagram on Twitter on the Crucible, anywhere that you uh, find Key Forward community, talking and hanging out, I'll be there. What about yourself, Blake?
0: You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Boulevard Paper Fight. That's B-L-V-D Paper Fight. And uh, also on my YouTube channel where I just did a uh, Crucible and Cognac with Sky Jedi, and they got another one coming later this week.
1: All right. And where can they find you online, Jordan?
2: All right. I'm floating around. I am Vampire Polite Talk in almost every medium. I'm on Twitter. If you want to follow me for some stupid silly mars memes and i'm also on discord vampire polite talk pounce on 0858
1: all right thank you so much for being on the show folks out there we love you come back again next week and until then stay tuned